0: You're listening to the Vintage Church podcast. We exist to inspire people to live and love like Jesus. For more information, please visit our website at vintagechurch.net. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. Good morning, church. Good morning, Good morning church. Y'all, y'all are my favorite service. Today, because y'all talking to me already, and I love it. How we doing? We good? Yeah, just give God some praise one more time. Amen. So uh, as many of you guys know, I have uh, nine-year-old twins at home, and my little boy Aiden is, he is superhero crazy. Anybody else got a superhero crazy boy? Like, he's just all about some superhero, but like, like sometimes I think it's unhealthy, I mean, that's because he just watches superheroes, everything superheroes, anything that has, like, supernatural abilities and all that kind of stuff, he's all into it. And so, like, he loves to get into these really intense conversations with you. Like, Daddy, who would you rather be, Batman or Superman? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, no, seriously. Oh, and then, and then no, you, you can't go off script. Somebody says Spider-Man. You can't go off script. Like, you have to pick between those two. Like, He's serious. Yeah, like Batman, just rich. That's a superpower. He got money. Some of y'all got that superpower. No, none of us have that superpower, do we? But like, I mean, it's it's crazy. And or he'll want to get this mate. Daddy. Super strength, the super speed, which one? And like, you know, yeah, like, it's it's a toss up, bro. It's like I mean, it, but sometimes he gets to the point where you know the adult in me comes out. I'm like, boy, I don't want to talk about this anymore. It's stupid. <laughs> oh, you're a bad parent. Yeah, I'm not a bad parent. I'm you. And like I mean, it's crazy. Like sometimes he we just go into it and like he loves. I mean, if it's not a superhero movie, like he don't want anything to do with it. And it's, he's always talking about it. And like so, we'll have conversations of like, uh, but who you want? Who you want to be when you grow up? Um, Thor or Iron Man. I'm like, no, dude. Like seriously. Or like, dude, what do you want to do when you grow up? Fly. <laughs> like a plane? No, like Superman. And like, so it gets to the point sometimes where like don't do not judge me. I'm like, boy, grow up. It's time to you, you can never be these. Th- like the other day we're having this conversation. I said, dude, you know superheroes aren't real. How you know? <laughs> I've never seen one. You never seen God either. <laughs> Go to your room. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but like the other day, he was talking, like we were talking about, Daddy, when I get older, I'm gonna have this superpower. And I'm like, son. You are never gonna have you. You're kind of slow anyway. Like it's not you're not gonna have super speed. And this, way, he said, "Daddy, can't I dream?" Oh, don't all shut up, that... Daddy? Can't I dream? Isn't it funny how to, as we get older, our dreams get smaller. Like as we get older, what we believe to be possible kind of becomes limited to our experience. That our imagination, this, this, and I can I just say, God, God is in imagination. Remember, I, I think somewhere in the Bible it says that he could do more than we could ask or imagine. Like imagination is this crazy, beautiful thing. But so many of us, our imagination, it's not that we don't have an imagination, it's our imagination has been hijacked by the enemy. And so all we can imagine is all the bad things that could go wrong. Like, that's, that's imagination in the hands of the enemy. I imagine that this won't work out. I imagine I won't have enough money. I imagine that this situation is going to fall apart. I imagine that they'll never love me. I, come on, anybody with me? Like, imagination when hijacked by the enemy can be a very, very terrible thing. But imagination in the hands of our God, imagination driven by the spirit of your creator, can lead to an awesome life that can unlock awesome possibilities. And what I want to do today as I unpack what our church is going through right now and is where and I talk about where we're headed and all the cool things that God is doing, I hope that by the time we finish this morning that you're inspired to dream again. That you know it's interesting that throughout scripture we hear the word childlike faith. Like childlike faith. And I hope that before we're finished, before you walk out of this room, no matter what you've experienced in your life, no matter what you're going through, no matter what season that you're in, that you are inspired to dream again. Because I'm here to tell you that I know for a fact that dreams do become reality. Dreams do become reality. When God is in it and when God is behind it, when God is the source and when God is driving it and when God has purposed it, dreams become reality. Come on, church. They do. You can clap. You can celebrate that because it's worth celebrating. <laughs> Pastoring this church is a dream. It really is. It hasn't always been the easiest journey, but I, there is nothing I would ever rather do with my life. And my goal is to pass. Someday I will die on this platform, or not this platform, but a platform. And somebody would just carry me off and then put somebody else up here to start preaching on my behalf. Like that, that would be a dream. But God is, this is just, and it just continues to grow and develop. And one of those dreams was birthed out of a promise that was planted in my heart. Not long after God drew our church from, from the Greensboro area into Randleman, I remember hearing that the Lowe's Foods across the street was going to be going out of business. And I drove into church. I think we were still at the high school. I drove into church that morning, and something just hit me. you ever had God? Like, I've never heard the audible voice of God, I don't think. But you just—you ever had the spirit just come on you so strong, like you know, like that this is the Holy Spirit, like talking, and and he's wanting you to do something. You with me? Say Amen. Amen. If you've never experienced that, we're not crazy, I promise. But I felt the Holy Spirit say, "Go pull in the parking lot of that Lowe's Foods. They had not even—they were not even out of business yet. They were going to be ending their, their business at the end of that calendar year. I think it was probably even about this this time of year. And I pulled in that parking lot, and I just began to dream. Uh, How cool would it be for this property to house uh, the body of Christ? How cool that from this place God could launch the gospel of Jesus? How cool that from that building no longer would it send out just just physical groceries but but spiritual ones, if you will? That uh, a, A building that once served the purpose of meeting the physical food needs of a community could be a house that would distribute the spiritual needs of a community. How cool would that be? And I started praying, God, if if you would ever see fit to allow our church to have that property, that would be awesome. And I just began to pray that prayer. And for several days, I would just drive over there, and I would sit in the parking lot and pray. And there were some days I would get out, and I would just go walking around the grocery store. And I was waiting just to hear, like, creeper on aisle 12. Because, like, I would just walk around the aisles. I didn't buy anything. And you know what? The first aisle I'd walk through down every single time I'd go in the grocery store, the bread aisle. And the Spirit would speak through me through the Merida and the Sarah Lee. Because I'd just hear that passage, I am the bread of life. And I just thought, man, it would be so cool if we could have this property. And I remember when I heard it was going out of business and they were going to sell the building, I thought, man, how cool it would be awesome to buy this building. I thought, we're going to have to start playing the lottery because that's the only way we'll be able to buy it. Me, I laughed me like, that was true. That would have been the only way we could have bought it. If somebody just to hit the mega millions. And I remember praying, man, it would be so cool. And then God put it on my heart to start just kind of praying. And so for seven days, I, w- I drove down into that parking lot, and just with my truck, I would drive around that building seven times. Because I remember a story in Scripture where the nation of Israel would march around this wall of a city for seven days. Seven times. I think Scripture is supposed to be lived out in our own lives. I'm maybe. What you think? And one of the days I was driving around that parking lot, I really felt like the Lord promised me that property for our church. Matter of fact, I stood. If, y'all, if, y'all, if you've been here very long, I stood on this platform and even said that, even spoke that out, that that would be what God put on my heart. And it's been six or seven years ago now And now we stand less than two months away of that being the new place that we call home. You're going to see some images flash across the the screen of what we plan to do with that property and how God's just moved and all the cool things that God has done to make a way. And it's just, oh man, it's just amazing to watch dreams become realities and this property and what we plan to do is going to be help us to be able to do all kinds of really cool things outside of what we're even doing on sunday mornings but uh, give us a chance that property is not just going to be a place that house our sunday morning worship that property starting in just a few weeks will be a beacon of hope and life to this community that we have all kinds of things in our heart we're we're planning to launch within the first half of the year the very first and only celebrate recovery program in all of randolph county to help people battling addiction That's one of many programs that God has has got on our hearts that we're going to be using that facility to send out the message of of the gospel. That is not going to be a place that we gather. It will be a place from which we send. Dreams can become reality. And you know what? This is a dream that, can I be honest with you, that I had given up on. And I feel like there's probably people in the room that you've got a dream that God had put in your heart at some point, but because you've hit adversity, because you've experienced some really hard things, maybe at some point you've given up on that dream as well. And I want to just, can I just talk to you for a few minutes about what God has been teaching me through this season about how to make dreams become reality and what we need to know from his word in order to continue to step towards what he has put in in your heart. That there is something that he has put in your heart that maybe it seems like as you sit in this room so far away, it seems so completely impossible. There's a dream that you have maybe for your family or for your marriage or for your kids or for your career or something like that. But because of where you sit right now, it feels like that dream is absolutely impossible, and maybe you walked in this room on the edge of giving up on that dream, and I hope by the time that you leave this place today, you'll be so inspired and so equipped by the Word of God that you're ready to walk out and keep chasing that dream. Come on. And to do it, I want to just walk back into that scripture that we just talked about. Gal- Galatians chapter 6. Go back to verse 7. It says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. This is one of the first things that guys taught me through this season. Do not use dependence as an excuse to be complacent. Do not use dependence as an excuse to be complacent. Notice this, a man will reap what he sows. The reality is your dreams are very much dependent on God. Like if God doesn't do God's part, it will never happen. Amen? But if you don't do yours, it won't either. Like in any God-sized dream, there's going to be a huge chunk that is up to him. There's going to be so much stuff that he has to do that you're going to have to trust him to work out. But there's always going to be a part that you have to play. And some of you, your dreams aren't coming to reality because this is your approach. I can stand here all day. Like God put something in your heart, and you're like, okay, God, well, whenever you're ready, I'm ready. So I'm here, and I'm waiting. God, do your thing. God, do your part. And you're waiting to just for it to fall out of the sky and not realizing, yeah, God is working, but you have to work as well. Yeah, you are dependent on God. God sized dreams, God's gonna have to make a way. God's gonna have to do powerful things. He's gonna have to open doors. But there will always be a part that He has assigned to you that if you don't play it, your dreams will just remain a figment of your imagination. You gotta be willing to work, you gotta be willing to go after it. I've been chasing the dream of this building for six years conversation after conversation see God put that dream in my heart but he also has led me from time to time to go have conversations and I'll never forget like when the first time that we we wanted to try to move our church in that building we went and have a conversation with the owner and basically the only path that would have got us in that building would have surely bankrupt our church like the, what it was going to cost, we were looking at a seven to eight hundred thousand dollar renovation for a property that we wouldn't even own, and we were looking at at, at almost twenty thousand dollars a month in rent, and it was just going to be impossible. Just, we just didn't have the money. And I know I'm already. We start talking about money and church, and people get all weird. It, can I just let you know something? You can't run a church. You can't do any ministry without money. So if talking about money in the church makes you uncomfortable, get over it. It's just part of it. It's just the reality. And matter of fact, there was times where I pushed and pushed and pushed and had conversations. And we, we could have been in that building. And in about six months, we'd have been busted. But I kept having conversations and kept having conversations and kept having conversations and kept praying and kept doing. And, we, like, if you're going to see a God dream become reality... There is so much that will always be dependent on God, but you will always have a part. There will always be something he wants you to do. You've got to be willing to work. Dreams don't become reality if we don't have the courage to wait and the willingness to work. You've got to work. I had a mentor tell me one time, pray like a boy but work like a man. Pray like a boy, but work like a man. Pray with all the imagination and possibility and belief that you believe you can fly, believe you can have super strength, believe, but work like a man. Pray like it depends on God, but work like it depends on you. Pray like a boy, but work like a man. There will always be a part that you have to do and whatever that thing is that you're dreaming. God's going to have to do a lot to make it happen. But you're going to have to stay close to him and listen to his voice and know what he wants you to do. And you're going to have to have the discernment from the spirit to know what's his part and what's your part. And here's what I'll tell you. God will always do his part. God will always do his part. If you're not seeing something that you definitely know God told you was come to pass, it ain't because God ain't trying. It might be because you ain't working. I also heard somebody say one time. Don't pray for what you won't pay for. Like, don't pray for what you're not willing to sweat to get. Don't pray for what you're not willing to put the time in to achieve. We're just waiting for God just to parachute from a drone down in there. There's your dream. Can I just say, in my experience, what I see in Scripture, that's not how it works. A man reaps what he sows. You gotta work you got to be willing to work because when God, especially when when a dream is planted in you and it's birthed out of a promise that he's made, God will always pay off on that promise. Come on. If God has made a promise, he will always pay off. But sandwich, and, and the first time I ever referenced this building from this platform, I preached a message called promise and payoff. And what we have to know is between promise and payoff are always problems and it always requires patience. There are always problems that you're going to have to overcome. There's always obstacles that you're going to have to wade through, and you're going to have to have patience. And see, what we want when God plants something in us, we want it to bloom the very next day. You notice what that scripture says? At proper time. Look at it. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. It says, Let us not grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Let us not grow weary. Chasing a God dream, can I just let you know something, will be exhausting. When you begin to pursue something that God has planted in your heart, it will wear you out at times. Because God rarely does all of a sudden. He usually does over time. Don't you like all of a sudden? All of a sudden, I was rich. All of a sudden, I lost 15 pounds. All of a sudden, like, but all of a sudden... Is not most of my experience. Is it yours? It's usually over time. And if you're going to be able to get to that place where you see dream become reality, you got to know this. You got to push through. You got to work. Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time. I don't like proper time. I like my time. Proper's too vague. I like if, I wish it would say for at noon tomorrow it will happen. Or even on December 3rd, 2024, it will come to pass. Even because if I just knew, it'd be great. It's the not knowing that's difficult. Well, Let me tell you two things that God's been teaching me through this season, trying to keep from becoming weary. Keep working on it, but stop worrying about it. Keep working on it, but stop worrying about it. Don't confuse work and worry. Worry is not work. Just because you're stressing and wondering and thinking doesn't mean that. I've never, I have never, ever accomplished anything through worry. Any of y'all ever done anything through worry? Any any of you ever had anything good to happen just because you worried about it? Oh, I worried about it and it happened. I spent three days in great worry. In intense worry. And boom, it happened. No, no. There's gonna become, and here's what, the, you're gonna to have to know this because you're gonna go through seasons in pursuing a God dream when it looks like it is going to be absolutely impossible to see it happen. Man, this whole journey of going between that promise that I feel like God has put in my heart has been crazy you'll never know. Like over, over six years or so, we've been having conversations with the owner of that property, trying to find a way to make this happen and just hit roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. But the scariest time was I got a phone call one day from a pastor in our community and said, can I take you to lunch? I I need to talk to you about something. I said, sure, absolutely. Because you know, number one, you do realize that every church in this community, we're all on the same team. We're all fighting to see heaven more full and hell more empty because we exist. But this day, i got to be honest, I wanted to punch my brother in the throat. Because he looked at me and he said, I just wanted you to know, just out of courtesy, because I appreciate you and I appreciate what y'all are doing, that we've signed a lease to move into the Lowe's property across the street from the middle school you're meeting in. And can I just tell you, I wanted to throw up all over the chips and salsa. My heart sank. I don't remember the rest of that conversation. I just remember thinking, God, God, me and you got some talking to do. Because I don't understand this. Because I feel like you put something in my heart. And now it's not coming about. I don't understand this, God. I remember walking out of that lunch thinking, all right, and this is what will happen. If God's promised you something, you'll have a moment when you experience something that makes you question whether or not you even heard that promise right. Like, it'll be something so devastating, you'll start to question everything. And I came out of that meeting like, maybe God didn't promise me that building. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe that wasn't promised from God. Maybe it was just indigestion. I don't know. Who knows? I and mean, can I be honest with you? When you begin to question a promise from God, you begin to question everything. God, should we even be here? Should I even be the pastor of this church? What am I even doing? And the next several months was a dark season in my heart. And then one day I got a call. I said, said, uh, yeah, that church that was supposed to be moving into that property, they're not moving there anymore. I said, well, why not? So they, they, had, they had been approved for a loan to renovate that property and the day came that they were supposed to go sign on the dotted line receive the funds they needed to renovate the property and begin construction an hour before they were supposed to show up at the bank that bank was sold and their loan got pulled and they decided to go a different direction so in my heart I was like yes I'm just real, y'all. Y'all know You know what I mean? I'm like, God has better plans for them. In Jesus' name. So you know what I did? I spent the next two weeks, all right, it's our time. It's our turn. Let's go make this happen. And I spent the next probably month having conversations again and trying to find a path and trying to figure out a way. And guess what? Still could not find. Keep working, but stop worrying about it. And that's what God told me kind of in that season was, all right, keep working. When, I, when, when you see an opening, when you see a door, you keep working, but don't worry. But after that time, it kind of fell through. My next thought was, it's time to just give up on it. So it says, for at the proper time, we we'll reap a har- harvest. If, man, what a big, what a big two-letter word. Some of us don't like four-letter words. I don't like them two-letter words, if. If we don't give up. But see, here's what I had to figure out is, God, how can I keep trying to to balance holding on to this dream and holding on to where I think you're calling us and still being obedient where we are? How do I manage that meantime between, between next and now? Because if you get two, and I preached on this summer, this we talked about time. If you get two into tomorrow, you, you waste today. And this is what I felt like God said, said to me. Set it aside. Don't throw it away. Set it aside. Don't throw it away. See, there'll come a time when you, because you've hit so many obstacles, you've hit up against so many problems and so many roadblocks that it doesn't think it's going to happen. The, 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 for your own sanity, you're going to want to throw it away. You're going to want to throw the possibility away of that ever working out. You're going to want to throw away the possibility of ever having children. You're going to want to throw away the the possibility of ever having that job. You're going to throw away the possibility of ever being happy in your marriage. You're going to want to throw away that that dream. But there comes a time when you have to realize in order to wade through where you are, in order to get where you want to go, in order for that thing no longer to be a distraction and consume you, don't throw it away, but you're going to have to set it aside. Like it's still there, it's still real, you still want it, you're not giving up, but you've got to move it to a place where it's not hindering you from blooming where you're planted. You with me, church? Set it aside, but don't throw it away. Because if you aren't faithful now, you'll never see what God has next. And it's hard to be faithful now when you're just consumed by it. Set it aside, but don't throw it away. Paul goes on to write in verse ten. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those belonging to the family of God. It says as we have opportunity, opportunity. He says first of all, make sure that opportunity is always going to be leading to the do good for all people. Including the family of God. Like it's just not about opportunities. It's not opportunities about you. It's not opportunities to get you better. It's not selfish opportunities. That God's opportunities always come in a form that will not just benefit you but benefit other people. Amen, somebody? Like if you want to know whether or not the opportunity is from God or from somewhere else, ask yourself the question, is this just good for me or is this good for more? It's a great way to process. Because God never gives you anything that's just for you. Remember we talked about that a few weeks ago. Like God gives you things and plants things in you, not so you bury it, but so it's planted for others. Opportunity. But this is something that God has really been teaching me. God will use opposition to expose opportunity. God will use opposition to expose opportunity. See, there will come times in your life when you're experiencing a lot of difficult things, when it feels like chaos is broken out in your life. But can I just say, sometimes, we, any, any negativity and any a chaos, sometimes we always, or most often, we want to assign that to the enemy, right? Anytime we ever go through anything negative or anything chaotic, it's like, oh, the devil's just trying to mess with me. The devil's just trying to discourage me. But could I submit to you that when things are falling apart, maybe it's not from the enemy to discourage you, but maybe it's from God to move you. Come on. You can clap for that. Yeah. That it's God saying, you know what? You got too comfortable. You've gotten too settled. You've satisfied. You didn't set it aside. You threw it away. And I didn't mean for you to stay here, but you got comfortable here. And now the only way you're going to move from where you are is I'm going to have to create a little chaos to stir up some motion in you so you will Go. Like, maybe that's the opposition. God will use opposition to expose opportunity. Sometimes that will come in the form of a fire marshal. Because it was opposition that got this whole ball rolling once again. See, a little over a month ago, I had, I had not set aside the dream of that building. I had thrown it away. I'd given up on it. So much so that a door opened for us to buy some land over on Stout Street, and we bought it. And we've had a lot of people asking, What are you gonna do with that land? Can I give you a really good as your pastor and leader idea? I have no clue. But you know what I've learned? I don't have to know. That when we bought that land, we were acting in obedience. And God never wastes that. And God has a plan for that property. And this is this is not on the screen but you can write it down. Just because it doesn't look like what you thought it did would when you said yes doesn't mean you should have said no. i say it again because I messed it up, it. Just because it doesn't look like you thought it would when you said yes does not mean you should have said no. That God can do all kinds of powerful and beautiful things. I'm believing that one day this Lowe's property will not be a property that we rent, but a property that we own. And a property that serves the Randallman and greater Randolph County area like no other church has ever served this county in its history. And I believe that someday on that property on Stout Street, God will do something for his good and glory that will bring people to him. I'm just not sure it's what we thought it would be. But I would given up on that property, back to what I was really trying to say. And I came in my office one Monday morning, and my phone rang, and it was the principal of this school. And whenever she calls me, I, I, I poke her up a little bit. I ain't going to lie to you. I get a little nervous. You'll never know the cloud that's hung over me for the last several years. Is this the day we get the call that says we can no longer use that school, and what are we going to do if it is? So the fire marshal is here, and he would like to speak to you immediately. Great. Good morning. It's Monday. So I come over, and over the weekend, on that Saturday, a sensor had malfunctioned in the building, and the fire department had been called over. If that sensor malfunctions any other day but Saturday, it doesn't impact us at all. We happened to set up on Friday nights, and all of our stuff was set up. And he proceeded to tell me how in violation of fire code that we are. Don't worry. Don't panic. You're fine. About $6,000 in violations, as a matter of fact. If he were to find us, I said, you know, there's some things that are going to have to drastically change. I'm going to have to figure out how I need to interpret some code. And this could mean basically a lot of the way we do church on Sunday mornings, we would no longer be able to do. And it would just greatly impact how we function on Sundays. He said, I'm going to have to make some phone calls. I'm going to have to talk to my superiors. I'm going to do all this kind of stuff. and and, And then by the end of the day, I'll give you a call back. So I skipped back across the road in full joy and faith. I walk in, and, and I'm just trying to process all this. Of what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? do? And I had a meeting with one of our elders, and I told him about the conversation, and we talked about some other things, and he said, there's a couple things I want to tell you before I leave, and this is one of those men that just constantly just speaks things into my life, and even when he doesn't really know it. He said, I want you to know this, that that fire marshal showing up today was not by accident. And the other thing I want you to wrestle with, have you ever thought about why God has not opened the door for us to build the, on that land that we bought? That maybe, again, it's not the enemy shutting it down. Maybe it's God delaying it because he has something else. So he walks out of the room, and I'm sitting in our office, and I'm just kind of processing those two questions. You don't know you hate when just good spiritual men just make you think? And I felt in my spirit God, that God say, walk over to the old Lowe's property. And you know what I said? Nuh-uh. And I felt it so real and so powerful in my spirit. Go walk over to the lo- old Lowe's property. And I felt, Lord, I can't do that again. I can't chase that anymore, Lord. I, I, and, like, it just wouldn't leave me. So I walked out and I looked at our team. I said, hey, guys, I think we need to walk over to the Lowe's property. <laughs> and they all looked at me like, man, it's been drinking again. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we walk over there, and the property manager happens to be there. And what we ended up doing, like, we had not really walked through the building in, in a while. And what we, what we found was we had submitted some plans for how we would like to remodel that building to the guy who owned it if we, were to, if we were to buy it one day or if we were to rent it one day. And he wasn't having it, didn't think that was a good use of the building, wasn't, didn't want to pay for that outfit and that kind of stuff. And we walked in there, and now this has been several years, and almost to the T, it has been remodeled the way we would have designed it. <laughs> he had spent over $600,000 for a tenant That he did not yet have. Make sense of that. And we started walking thinking. And and, and I'm thinking. I'm trying to like control myself. Thinking, then this could be possible. See, God is always preparing what he has prepared for you. Even when you can't see it. Come on. Right now, that thing that you've given up on, he's working. And you don't know it. He is doing things that you can't see. And you may not see them tomorrow. You may not see them next week. But maybe six years from now, you're like, yay, six years. He'll reveal it. That he's been working the whole time. And we found out what was going to cost us $700 and some thousand dollars to renovate, now we can do for less than three. What was going to cause us to have twenty-five or $30,000 in overhead is now going to be a little over ten. And this just went from a foolish idea to a very faithful possibility. And now here we are. And it all happened because of fire marshal. Now, I told you, the fire marshal told me that he would call me later that evening. He ain't called me yet. I'm starting to wonder if he was real. <laughs> like, did I just dreamed this up. Uh-huh. God will expose the opportunity. And sometimes he will use opposition to do it. So that thing in your life right now that feels like a thorn may be the finger of God pushing you to make a move, to make a change. Because you got too comfortable in a place that you weren't supposed to stay. And that dream, you didn't set it aside, you threw it away. And so he's moving in your life. Opportunity. Another thing that God's taught me through this is offer obedience and he will provide opportunity. When you walk in obedience to God, when you follow God, when you're obedient to Him, opportunities will come. See, most of us are sitting back in the reverse of that statement. We're waiting for opportunity in order for us to be obedient. God is constantly speaking, God is constantly pushing, God is constantly doing things in your life that He's waiting for you to respond with in obedience. Let me tell you something. I don't care where you are in life. I don't care what you're trying to pursue. I don't care what your dream is. I don't care who you are or how old you are. The greatest thing that you can ever do in your life is find a way to hear the voice of God and be obedient to everything he says. You can never go wrong being obedient. And sometimes you're going to be obedient and it's going to get expensive. And sometimes you're going to be obedient and it's going to get hard. I think disobedience is very, very costly. But obedience is also expensive. Be obedient to God. And when you're obedient, God will do. And see, your obedience grows his trust. The more you're obedient, the more God realizes he can trust you and the more opportunity that he wants to put in front of you. Every time I've thought about this move, I've thought about this change, I go back to the story of the nation of Israel crossing over to the promised land. Like that just resonates with me because it's, it's, it's a group of people like Moses and Joshua leading the people of God from where they are to where God wants them to be. You familiar? You know, Moses taking the nation of Israel free, getting them out of slavery, and and God promised them a certain place that they would go. And then Moses ends up dying, and the the torch of leadership is passed to Joshua. And I go back to that story, and you can read it in Joshua 3, 4, 5, 6. Read through those chapters and, and watch this unfold. But Joshua is now leading the nation of Israel, and he's going to take them to the promised land. And the only thing that stands between them and where they need to be next is the Jordan River. And when God comes to tell Joshua it's time to go, the timing of his go makes no sense. And you need to know this because if you're going to be obedient to God, you can't wait for it to make sense. You can't wait to be able to afford it. You can't wait for it all to just line up in the stars and your horoscope to say what it needs to and got the right fortune cookie and everything's good. And, and, And the Spirit comes and God speaks to Joshua and says, hey, tell the people to get ready for tomorrow we go. And this is what I want you to do. You get the Ark of the Covenant, you gather it up, and you tell the priests to go and put their feet into the water. And as soon as those people put their feet in the water, the water will dam up upstream, and the people will be able to cross. And now some of us on this side are thinking, cool. But notice how different the story is. See, Moses got to just stand above the, the Red Sea and do this, and it parted. But he's telling Joshua, before I stop the river, you got to get your feet wet. you got to have the courage to go down into the water, and then I will stop it. And some of them thinking, okay, that's no big deal. They're just going to wade out into the stream. The Bible says that at this point, the Jordan was at flood stage, and they're carrying a big old heavy box. See, I'm thinking like, God, I'll stand here on the shore. When you stop the river, we good. The Bible says they stepped down into the river, and as soon as they were willing to put their toes in the water, the river stopped and they crossed over and they went to where they were supposed to be next. See, that resonates with me. But see, for us, the only thing that we have to cross from where we are to where we need to be is not the Jordan, it's just High Point Street. And they had the courage to go and follow God's lead. And God's saying, now is the time. For at the proper time, if you do not give up, the proper time if you did not give up and we have not given up and now is the time and I think about what Isaiah writes when he's reflecting on these events of the Jordan River and all these kinds of things in Isaiah 43 he says this is what the Lord says he who made a way through the sea a path through the mighty waters who drew out the chariots and horses the army and reinforcements together and that they lay there never to rise again extinguished snuffed out like a wick he says remember the lord who made a way remember the god who did all these powerful things who parted the red sea who's done all this stuff to take you people of god from where you are to where you want to be and he did all these kind of things then in verse 18 he says forget it forget the former things do not dwell on the past See, I am doing something new. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen people, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. He says, "I'm making a way, and just so that you are reminded, the way that I'm making, isn't so things are more convenient for you? Is it so that you have a stationary place to worship? Is it so that you don't have to set up and tear down anymore? But I'm making a way, because the way that I'm making, where I'm taking you, where you're going to be, is going to cause more praise to come to my name there than it has here. that that's the point. And that's always God dreams that when you get there, it's not about your glory. You don't get there so that you make more money. You don't get there so that you're more famous or successful. You get there because over there, God can get more praise from and in and through your life than he did over there. But he says, remember what I did, but forget how I did it. Remember what I'm capable of. Because I'm capable of more than you can ask or imagine. But the way I'm going to do it over there may be different than the way it was here. But just remember, the whole point of all this is so that my name will be praised in a greater way. I challenge you, dream again. What we're experiencing as a church is just reminding me that God has dreams for your life. And those dreams, don't give up on them. That the dreams that He's put in your heart, they can become reality. The dreams for your family, the dreams for your children, the dreams for your marriage, the dreams for your career, the dreams that He has put in you, they can become reality at the proper time. If you'll work and do your part and walk in obedience, He will make a way. Would you bow your heads close your eyes with me? Uh, maybe you're here today and somewhere along the way, You threw away a dream that you were never supposed to throw away. And you want to say, Matt, I'm reclaiming that dream for my life, for my family, for my friends, for my church, for my people, for my job. I'm reclaiming that dream. If that's you, I want to pray for you. You Just throw your hand up and leave it up, throw it up, leave it up, throw it up, leave it up, leave it up. Because I want to pray. Leave it up, leave it up, leave it up, leave it up. I'm going to dream again. Leave them up. I'm going to see them all. Amen, 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 amen. Awesome. You can put them down today we're going to finish our time together worshiping with the perfect song lyrically for our time together so i'm going to invite you to stand with me very quietly and reverently and i'm going to pray and can i ask you to do me a favor would you just soak up this time of worship we don't we don't finish with worship ever just to kind of cap the service we finish with a time of worship so that god can can solidify what he's just done and what he's just said so Will you just worship through this song however you feel led? Maybe you need to sit back down and pray. Maybe you need to come and kneel around this platform and turn it into an altar. Maybe you need to grab the hand of your spouse, your family, your friends, your life group, or somebody, and just allow God to birth something back into your heart. Father, thank you that you have dreams for our lives, that you dreamed about plans for us before we were even created in our mother's womb, that you put that... In the destiny of who you are and in the design of how you made us. And God, I thank you for people that are reclaiming new dreams and old dreams. And that, God, we're going to trust you, God. Thank you for giving us tangible example through what we're experiencing as a church. That, God, when you make a promise, you pay off on it. When you put a dream in our hearts, even though it may take time and even though there may be tons of obstacles to overcome, Lord, you do amazing things. If you birth something in us, we should not, cannot give up on it, Lord. And I pray for every person in this room. God, as we worship you today, I pray that you would speak life and hope and joy and peace and power into their lives and help us to be reminded that, Lord, we can't fall in love with the the miracle, we can't fall in love with a memory, but we can pursue the maker of each of those. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at vintagechurch.net.